Brothers and sisters, peace be to you. We'll continue our sermon series from ruin to glory. Enter into the abundance of God's holiness. And the passage is from the book of Haggai, chapter 2, verses 10 to 19. From ruin to glory is the sermon series message. And uh, Zechariah and Haggai are two prophets that God has raised up after, upon the return of the Israelites from their captivity. And many messages were preached through the mouth of these two prophets. The focal point of these messages is God wanted His people to return from being ruined to uh, glory. After the Israelites returned back to Jerusalem, the entire city is in a uh, ruined uh, estate. But God promised them. Someday, this place that lies in ruin shall someday be a place of glory. They need to obey and submit to God's teaching and walk in God's will. What's the relationship with this message to us? We are the church. Our bodies are temples of God. In the same way, our church needs to enter into God's glory. So that the church can become a church filled with God's glory. The first message the prophet Haggai preached could be found in Haggai chapter 1 verses 1 to 15. God wanted the Israelites, the Jews, to rearrange their lives' priorities. And during that time, the Israelites lost God's blessings and yet they gained God's curses. Because at that time, they set aside God in their lives. And instead, they put themselves first before God. The priorities in their lives were misarranged. And God wanted them to reset their life's priorities. That they may seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. Second message is found in the book of Haggai, chapter 2, verses 1 to 9. When God reminded the Israelites that His presence is the greatest glory. The glory of God's temple is not dependent on its size or the amount of gold and silver filled in it. The glory of God's temple is dependent on God's presence, whether God is or, or will not be with them. For all the golds belong to him, silver belongs to God. And God promised them that this temple, the glory, will far exceed the previous glory. And this Sunday, as we 
啊、uh, ，consider the third message of prophet Haggai。以前第二章第十九十九节 ，which could be found in this passage Haggai chapter two verses one to nine。Ten to nineteen。Ten, uh, chapter two, ten、uh, to nineteen. 这段圣经或者佢有一段嘅 message. There's a very important message. 上帝同在，圣经是上帝同在原因，而且上帝祝福嘅原因。Holiness is the reason for God's presence, and it is also the reason for God's blessing. 希伯来书第十二章十四节。In the book of Hebrews, chapter twelve, verses four, verse fourteen. 你哋追求圣洁，人人无圣洁，无人都得上帝。We are asked to pursue holiness and to be holy because without holiness, no one will see the Lord. So again, I tell Mark to develop God's holiness. That's why this morning's message is enter into the abundance of God's holiness. Now, just develop God's holiness. How may one enter into God's holiness? And in these ten verses, three different truths are presented. First, we need to understand the relationship between holiness and defilement. 就明白无圣洁的原因。And we need to understand the reason behind uncleanliness. 罗马是明白你记上帝圣洁里面的秘诀。Finally, we need to understand the secret of entering into God's holiness. 你睇下头一方面。Let's look at the first area. 那需要但是明白圣洁及暗淡的关系。Understanding the relationship between holiness and defilement. 那你睇下。圣经第二章十十一九至十四节。In chapter two, verses eleven to fourteen, this is what the Lord Almighty says: Ask the priest what the law says. If a person carries consecrated meat in the fold of his garment, and that fold touches some bread or stew, some wine, oil, or other food, does it become consecrated? The priest answered, No. Then Haggai said. If a person defiled by contact with a dead body touches one of these things, does it become defiled? Yes, the priest replied, it becomes defiled. Then Haggai said, "So is so it is with this people and this nation in my sight," declares the Lord. Whatever they do and whatever they offer, there is defiled. 上帝爱哈家用一个简单、简简单、简有效嘅办法嚟传这个信息。God wanted Haggai to spread or to share this message in the most effective and simple manner。就是用问对嘅办法。And it's by inquisitive questions。你爱人注意听你讲话。If you want others to pay attention to what you are saying， 第一简单就是问你问对。The best way is to ask that person a question。主耶稣阿常常用问对嚟将嘢真理讲出去。In the same way Jesus often shared his truth with a question。即系下街会即系问对。Now Haggai presented this question。你讲即系圣嘅顶面，先做圣洁嘅物件。Anything that you considered as holy。Just like a meat that you consecrated for offering. This is hand of God. So this mark is sacred. This is a mark. Because you wanted to offer this as an offering, that piece of meat is consecrated. You 讲嗱，这个 mark 用这个布包起来。If this meat is wrapped with a cloth. 这个布啦 touch 到其他物件。And that cloth has touched another item or object. 先做这个刷，先做这个切。Maybe it could be sand. It could be a piece of book. May I ask, will that item that this cloth touch become holy? Jesus said no. And the priest answered no. For in order for us to understand the meaning, this is 
Sing Chan Yong Pui, Sing Pui. In Reverend Chung's left hand is a cup that's being used during Holy Communion, and it could be it could be considered as a consecrated cup. And inside that cup, there might be some juice which represented the blood of our Lord Jesus. If this cup will touch other items or objects, will the other items that this cup came in contact with become holy? No. And the answer given to us by the Bible is no. And he guy proceeded to ask this question. For example, should a person touch a defiled item or maybe a dead person? And if this person will proceed to touch other items or will other items that he subsequently touched become defiled? Yes, And the priest answered affirmatively. Just like me. If I touch something that's unclean, and if I touch this cup, will the cup become dirty? Yes. The answer is yes. It will be defiled. And in these questions, what is the real meaning in it? Very important principle is presented here. Holiness could not be transferred, but uncleanliness is transmissible. It's not complicated and it's not difficult for us to understand this principle. Maybe you can look at the present COVID pandemic situation. If a person who is sick with COVID-19, if this person will come in contact with a person not having no COVID-19. Will this sick person transmit the COVID-19 to this healthy person? Yes, possible. It's possible. And then there's another question. A healthy person, if he come in contact with a COVID-19 Sick person. Will this healthy person transfer or transmit his health to this COVID-19 patient? That one say no. And the answer is no. Physical life is the has the same principle as the spiritual life. Holiness is not transmissible, but uncleanliness. It's transmissible. In my youth, oftentimes I would hear my mom say, It takes three years to learn good things, but only three short days to learn the bad things. Which means that it's very difficult for one to be a good man. You need more than three years of time to learn. But if you want to be an evil or wicked person, it's so simple. You can only you can do that in a span of only three days. Of course, it's a contrast. It will take you more than three years for you to learn how to be a good man. Even 300 years will not be enough. We are all born in a simple, sinful nature. It's easy 
and convenient for us to be a wicked man. Because we are born with evil intent. It's our sinful nature. Why is it that God wanted Prophet Haggai to pose this question to us? During that time, the Israelites who were about to rebuild God's holy temple has this blind spot. They were not able to see. They were not able to see that holiness could not be transferred or transmitted, but uncleanliness is transmissible. That's why in chapter 2 verse 14, then Haggai said, So it is with this people and this nation in my sight, declares the Lord. Whatever they do and whatever they offer, there is defiled. And God spoke to the Israelites. If you will not consecrate yourself, no matter what you will do, whatever sacrifices you offer to God, it will never become holy. And that's the greatest problem the Israelites faced during that time. And to be more direct and specific, Unless they consecrate themselves, even they embark and participated in the rebuilding of God's holy temple, they will never be holy. Unless they lead a holy life, whatever ministry they embark and partake in, it will not become holy because of their participation. This principle remains the same until this day. It's the relationship between one's life and the person's ministry. Please remember that. Those that do God's work will not make people holy, but people who are unclean will defile God's work. Our lives need to be in consonance with our ministries. Some people, they thought that they go to church to worship God. They thought that once they uh, give offerings or money to the church, and even helping ministries of the church, then they may be considered as reverent. They may be considered as holy. And they will be received or accepted by God. No. Unless you lead a holy life, whatever ministry you participate in will never become holy. Holiness is not transmissible. May God help us. Second, let us ponder this second question. After we understood the reason and the, the relate, uh, difference between holy and defilement, we will have to ask this second question. We need to ask what's the reason why we become defiled or unclean. The uh, chapter 2, verse 10. On the 24th day of the ninth month in the second year of King Darius, the second message of Haggai 
was delivered on the 21st day of the seventh month. And two months thereafter, on the 24th day of the ninth month, Prophet Haggai delivered his third message. What happened during that two months' time? You may ask the question, why did God ask Haggai to remind the Israelites once again this matter? God wanted the prophet to remind the Israelites never to think that because they have embarked on rebuilding God's holy temple, they will become holy. It does not mean to say that God will accept and approve of all their ministries and services because they have embarked in rebuilding God's holy temple. God is not after the outward rebuilding of God's holy temple, but instead, God is after the inner reverence and repentance and returning back to God of the Israelites. Because there's this misbelief or uh, superstitious belief the Israelites have before the fall of their nation. They believe that their nation God's chosen people, the Israelites, will never fall. Number one, first, the reason they are thinking is because they are descendants of Abraham. They consider themselves as God's chosen people. And God will never leave His chosen people. Secondly, because they thought that the Holy Temple is with them. And God's temple is the signal or the sign of God's presence in them. Because the glory of God, God will never set aside or abscond His holy temple. So based on these two reasons, they thought that their nation will never be destroyed. In the end, this nation was utterly destroyed. Because God is not after the outward appearance of His temple. If God is only after the outward appearance of His temple, the temple built by King Solomon was the grandest in all form. And you may ask, despite of that, how come the nation experienced the fall? And now as they are rebuilding the second temple, even if you compare the size of this second temple and the gold and amount of silver filled in it, it will never be compared to the first one. That's why the main issue here is in the hearts of all the Israelites, they fail to obey God's laws. They have not followed or obeyed God's will. And because of this, the nation was destroyed. Verses 15 to 19 in Haggai chapter 2, the prophet Haggai told the Israelites, just consider 
What's the reason why you are unclean or defiled? And in these five different verses, on three different occasions, God has mentioned. God prodded the Israelites to give careful thought. If you read these verses carefully, then you will realize that two time frames were presented. The first was when God's temple lied in total desolation. And the second time frame occurred after the foundation was laid for God's temple. God wanted the Israelites to seriously or carefully consider what happened during these two periods. Let's look at the first time frame. That was a time when God's holy temple lied in total destruction and desolation. Verses 15 to 17 in chapter 2, Now give careful thought to this from this day on. Consider how things were before one stone was laid on another in Lord's temple. When anyone came to a heap of 20 measures, there were only 10. When anyone went to a wine vat to draw 50 measures, there were only 20. I struck all the work of your hands with blight, mildew, and hail. Yet you did not turn to me, declares the Lord. During the time when one stone was not on top of another stone. Which means that when God's holy temple lied in total desolation and in ruin. During that time, the Israelites had this pathetic condition. Whether be in their food, in their harvest, in their wine press, in their winery. And at that time, they experienced less than a half of what they planted as harvest. Whatever volume, whatever expected quantity, it was only half. It was the main reason behind the pathetic state of their poor situation. What was the reason? Was it because the environment was uh, uh, not ideal? Maybe because of the COVID-19? No, no, no. God said no. It's because by my hand, I struck you. If you read verse 17, I struck all the work of your hand with blight, with mildew, and with hail. And God specifically and directly told them that the reason behind your woes and troubles, the reason why you have this poor harvest, it's not, it's not because you are short of luck. It was because God's own hand struck them down. You may ask the question, why did God strike the Israelites? Because you refused to turn back to me. If you read uh, the book of Deuteronomy chapter 28. During the time when the Israelites have not yet entered the Holy Land. 
And God spoke to the Israelites through Moses. When you enter the promised land, you need to obey all my laws and decrees and walk in my will. Should you fail to follow my will and decrees, if your hearts do not turn to me, if you will not lead a holy life, I will strike you with blight, with mildew, and with hail. And each step along the way, God's hand will be more severe and serious. Initially, he starts with blight. Should you repent, then all of this will stop. Unless you repent, on top of blight, then mildew will come. If you repent, blight and mildew will stop. Should you refuse to repent, apart from blight, apart from mildew, you will experience hailstorm. It was a reminder that God has provided the Israelites. During the time when God's holy temple lied in a waste and a desolation, during the time when none of God's blessings could be experienced, because God Himself was against them. Why is God against them? For they have not led a holy life. They failed to obey and follow my words. It was the first time frame. And when God reminded them to give careful thoughts to this second time frame, after the foundation of the Lord's temple was laid, verses 18 to 19, from this day on, from this 24th day of the ninth month, Give careful thoughts to the day when the foundation of the Lord's temple was laid. Give careful thought. Is there yet any seed left in the barn? Until now, the vine and the fig tree, the pomegranate and the olive tree have not borne any fruit. When God led the Israelites to consider this second time frame, after the foundation of His holy temple was laid, Take a look at this. Has your situation changed? It has not changed at all. You'll realize that in your barn, there's nothing there. The vine, the fig tree, the pomegranate, the olive tree, all of them bore no fruits. And yet during that time, the holy temple's foundation was already laid. Then the question is, why did God not bless the Israelites? The basic question, the basic problem they faced during that time is not of the foundation being laid or not. The main question is, do they really in their heart, sincerely follow and obey God's will. Do they obey the will of God? Unless our lives are holy, even if the holy temple was rebuilt, God will still not bless them. Because 
All ministries of God will not cause one to be holy. Dear church, God is after our inward reverence and sincerity, not the outward physical appearance of the holy temple. We need to put God the first priority in our lives. That in our hearts, we need to learn how to obey God's will before God's blessing will come. So, Dear church, let us not look at the external uh, situation. We need to re-examine where is our real relationship with God in our inner heart. And during these two time frames, be it during the time when God's temple lies in ruin and desolation or the foundation of the temple has already been laid. Both times, God's blessing did not come because they have not turned their hearts towards God. Though outwardly they may appear to be reverent, but the defilement remained in their hearts. God reminded them, but we praise God. And thirdly, God showed the Israelites and allowed them to understand the secret of entering into God's holiness. In chapter 2, verse 19, From this day on, I will bless you. The message of Haggai concluded with this blessing. From this day onwards, I will bless you. What kind of a day is this? Why is it that God agreed to bless them from this day on? And that day was the 24th day in the ninth month of the reign of King Darius. And it was the third month after the Israelites embarked on rebuilding God's holy temple. And you may ask this question, why did God suddenly uh, proclaim that from this day on I will bless you? Could it be because the Israelites have embarked on rebuilding the holy temple? No. See, we all know that the most important or the focal point is not God's holy temple but the relationship that man has towards God. Then how come God allowed himself to say this uh, from this day on I will bless you. Even though the explanation was not clearly explained in the book of Haggai. But from other parts of the Bible, the big principle allowed us to understand that. First, we should acknowledge that it is God's sovereignty. We need to understand that. Uh, to receive blessing or not to receive blessing is totally dependent on God. It's an issue of God's sovereignty. Paul, Apostle Paul in the book of Romans chapter 9 verses 15 to 16, it was clearly explained that. Paul 
For he says to Moses, I will have mercy on whom I have mercy, and I will have compassion on whom I have compassion. It does not therefore depend on man's desire or effort, but on God's mercy. Everything is in accordance to God's protection and His mercy. It doesn't mean to say that man can be irresponsible. The Israelites have stopped the rebuilding of God's temple for 16 years. At that time, their responsibility is to rebuild God's holy temple. And that's, humanly speaking, their part. Blessing or not to receive blessing is an issue of God's sovereignty. May the Lord help us. We need not compare with others. Whether God would bless another person, it's His will. We need to submit to God's sovereignty. Second, the rebuilding of God's holy temple represents or ushered in a new era. If you read the book of Jeremiah, chapter 31, verse 31, the time is coming, declares the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. The time is here that I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and Judah. What kind of covenant is that? And if you read verse 33 in this chapter, this is the covenant I will make with the house of Israel after that time, declares the Lord. I will put my law in their minds and write it on their hearts. I will be their God and they will be my people. This new covenant will be written in their hearts and not on tablets of stones. These two verses from the book of Ezekiel chapter 36. I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit in you and move you to follow my decrees and be careful to keep my laws. Should you combine these two uh, passages, then you will be able to see the total picture. The law of the first temple was written on two tablets of stones and placed in the Ark of Covenant. The law of second temple is written on the hearts of men and God wanted to give us a new spirit, God's life. Do you know what this second temple represents? It is foretelling the Lord Jesus Christ. In the Old Testament, so many characters so many objects or happening or things are foreshadowed and foretelling the, the life of Lord Jesus Christ. Second temple, the second temple represented the Lord Jesus Christ. 
when the Lord Jesus Christ had made this new covenant with us. When he will give us his new life and his new spirit. Let us not forget something very important. When Jesus was on earth. And at that time, the second temple remained intact in place. And on two separate occasions, Jesus entered this temple and cleansing everything within. Do you know that when Jesus entered this temple, when he saw people buying and selling in God's temple, Jesus was so angry. Jesus drove away these people. And he said, You have turned God's holy temple into a den of thieves. And suddenly Jesus said, uh, in the book, in the Gospel of John, chapter 2, verses 19 to 21. Jesus answered them, Destroy this temple and I will raise it again in three days. The Jews replied, It has taken 46 years to build this temple and you are about to raise it in three days, but the temple he had spoken was of his body. The second temple pertains to Jesus Christ. That's why God said, From this day onward, I will bless you. Because the Lord Jesus Christ could be represented in this second temple, and from this day on, God's blessing will come. When Jesus came to the, to the world, and bore all the curses in our life. In order for us to enjoy God's abundant life. That's why, dear church, let's remember that. The reason why we enter into God's abundant holiness is not because of you and me. And the secret is not dependent on you and I, but dependent on our Lord Jesus Christ. It's all about Him. It is all about Him. And by His grace, by the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, we can enter into God's abundance holiness. Our responsibility is to take the first step to reveal God's holy temple. And then God's blessing would come from there. Dear church, our bodies are God's holy temple. And the church is the body of Christ. We need to take the first step. Cleansing of God's temple. Two Sundays ago, as we concluded the first message, I reminded the listeners with this uh, saying of A.W. Tosser as we concluded that day's message. And what he said during that time remained very important up to this day. 
，让人充满了礼堂的里面。但是真正福音是照将上帝充满在人的心的里面。Modern religion focuses upon filling churches with people. The true gospel emphasizes filling people with God. So, your church. If you want to enter into God's holiness, you need to allow God's life to fill your life. This is our challenge, and that's our responsibility. In the book of Hosea, chapter six, verse three, that verse reminded us something very important. He said, "Nobody remembers Yahweh." 吉勒追求念不易，因为已出现千兆神光，而这个念高冷之作金河，将滋润天地的春河。Let us acknowledge the Lord. Let us press on to the knowledge of Him. As surely as the sun rises, He will appear. He will come to us like the winter rains, like the spring rains that water the earth. Dear Church, it's our responsibility. And this is. To press on to know about Him. And by the grace and mercy of God and our Lord Jesus Christ, as we enter into God's holiness, and everything is about Him, and not of us. It's not of me or you. It's all about Him. May the Lord help us. That. You and I may enter into the abundance of God's holiness, and by the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, may the Lord bless you. Let's pray. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you. The third message delivered by Prophet Haggai, as God reminded the Israelites that. In spite of their problems and difficulties, it's because they failed to obey the will of God. And God Himself struck them. Indeed, it's such a pathetic and dreadful sight to fall under the hands of God. But we thank God that from this day onward, God. Will bless the Israelites. God will bless those who belong to Him. Because from this day onwards, God's、uh, the salvation for Lord Jesus Christ was prepared for us. That by the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, who bore all the curses of our sins, and give us God's glory and His holiness. Allow us to be responsible and take the first step, and to search to acknowledge Him. Because everything is because of Your grace and mercy. God's glory is not dependent on the size of how big or small God's temple is. But it's dependent if whether are we or are we not. With God or His presence with us, but holiness is the main reason of God's presence. May all of us pursue holiness and get to know Him better. We thank God. Continue to listen to our prayers. May Your Holy Spirit continue to talk to each one of us. And in the holy name of our Lord Jesus Christ and Savior. Amen. Amen. 喺呢啲咩禮拜，我俾結束級計數。
Next Sunday, we will conclude the messages presented in the book of Haggai with this fourth message. On the 24th day, on the ninth month of the reign of King Darius, Haggai delivered two messages. The first message was for the Israelites. And his second message was focused on just one person. And that's Zerubbabel. And next Sunday, we'll look at this message. And the God who has shaken heavens and earth. Next Sunday, let's see each other again. God bless you. God bless you. Amen.